Juventini to the Juventini Top, back to Black and White Podcast. My name is Angela Negro, and we're live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we're going to be going over, this was supposed to take place yesterday as your kind of quick uh, quick reaction time, but that's all right. That, that's my bad as usual. Uh, it's becoming the the occurrence as, uh, <laughs> as of late. But anyways, we, we move on. We, we, we trudge, trudge forward and um, we have a new guest on and I appreciate him coming on. Uh, D Masaro, obviously at 75 uh, Masaro on Twitter, as you probably all know. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Again, sorry for all the hassle and uh, we'll get right into it, though. Uh, it was a crazy derby della mole. Yeah. And um, yeah, for anyone watching that game, it's, uh, it was such a roller coaster ride. Uh, please check out La Panquina. It is out, just dropped about, I want to say, half hour ago. Um, but definitely check it out. I've retweeted it. Al's got it posted as well if you want the links. And uh, it was such a fun time. I finished, I actually, before I even posted, I watched the whole thing through. Yeah. And I was just laughing again at the, our reactions. <laughs> we, uh, obviously, James, as you all know, Jimmy underscore Stallion, he's been on the show multiple times. Um, obviously, Al and then Albert at UNT 190. So it was, uh, it, it, was a, it was a good time. Um, good reactions and uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed that and uh, yeah stay tuned for more uh, whenever we get back on the show so uh, in terms of this show uh, there should be another Cafe Liguvintinita coming on Molten again tomorrow as well um, we're going to have our uh, resident Barca fan coming on to preview that game midweek a hmm. um, couple other takes uh, are going to happen before that game hopefully and uh yeah we move on um again all on all the the platforms that you guys know well and uh have been showing a lot of support but anyways dean thank you for coming on again and uh obviously as a resident of pennsylvania friend from just south of us uh in the u.s and um as always new guest to the show i know you've probably said it before uh if you've been on al's podcast but how did you become a uve fan uh, we'd all love to know yeah, sure. Uh, again, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being on. I'm a big fan of all your work here. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Yeah, sorry. It was a little uh, little tedious getting us on here, but we're finally doing it. No, no, no worries. Uh, it's all my fault. It's all me. No, no. It, <laughs> just some scheduling things. That's all. We, you know, we, we make it work when we can. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm a pretty recent Juve fan. Um, for me, it, it has all started back in like the 2011-2012 year. Yeah. Uh, I was in college here. Uh, I live in State College, Pennsylvania, which is where Penn State University is located. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, it so makes yeah. sense now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it, it was really my college friends here. Um, they were really big in Syria. Uh, most of my group is really? mostly Roma fans. A uh, little Lazio, a little Fiorentina sprinkled in there. Unfortunately, anyway. But uh but so I, I didn't really have a team. Um, so they got me watching, a, uh, you know, a bunch of games and watching the league and everything like that. Um, one specific moment that really caught me was the, I believe it was the 2012 Euros. Um, I remember, okay. I remember sitting down watching that game, uh, the game Italy versus Spain uh, with my friends here. Or, and uh, for some reason, just Pirlo captured my attention. Uh, Gigi captured my attention. Uh, they both have really good games against uh, against that Spain squad, and uh, come to find out, they played for the same squad. And the black and white stripes, for some reason, caught my attention as well. And the rest is history. 
that was the first game I hope you're talking about, not the, not the final. <laughs> yeah, um, I to be honest with you, it might have been the final, but uh, I can't really pinpoint it. So I'll go with your first. I'll go with your former and say it was the first game. Maybe. Yeah, because I mean, in the first one, it was it was actually a really close game, um, mm-hmm. and that was the first year or first tournament after look the the two years before uh, 2010 uh, disaster class. Yeah. Um, where we win the World Cup and now all of a sudden we're out in the group stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have obviously two years later under a new coach, mm-hmm. kind of a, a you know a good crop of players, some older guys, and yeah, just that first goal from Pirlo just floats a ball over the top mm-hmm. to uh, Di Natale and he scores. Yeah. And you know being up one nil against arguably probably the best squad out there internationally at the time. And even if you look at the players that played club football, again, they were dominating as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, crazy first game. Unfortunately, we didn't. We weren't able to win that game. They, came, they scored one. Um, yeah. And again, the final. I was actually in Jamaica at the time, and it was yeah. literally like, at, the, uh, at least for the final. I watched the most of the tournament in Calgary, but we watched. I watched the Germany game there uh, in, in Jamaica, and there was actually five, six Italians. So it was actually pretty cool. And they actually had it in the little discotheque there at the hotel, at the resort. Nice. They put the game on. And then for the final, it was literally like, I don't know. There was a ton. I couldn't even get a count on it. But there was a ton of Spanish mm-hmm. fans. And it was just like me, me and my cousin and my buddy, my best friend, who was up and on the show, Jesse. Um, yeah, that was a horrible experience <laughs> to watch that game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but no, that's great, man. It's every, it's it's all you know, different ages, different you know, uh, experience, different timelines. But it's cool because we all you know resonate with the same you know black and white stripes, and yeah, um, we've all felt pain at some point. I think yeah, if you're a fan, um, even if you aren't, but from before Calciopoli, I mean, we've had plenty of finals that have disappointed. So unless you're, yeah, unless you're a real recent fan, then maybe you could say you haven't felt the pain yet, but a lot of us all have. So we're, uh, but anyways, we get into this game now with that formation, it was kind of talked about, is Bernadeschi going to get the start? Um, Is Artur going to get the start? Which originally I thought he was going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. We see the lineup, but I'll just read it off here. As we all know, Danilo, Urucci, Delec, Cuadrado, Chesney and goal, Kulusevski, which is on the left, but at, it worked out him, him going on to the right-hand side and Chiesa going on to the left with Rabiot, Benton, who was the midfield. And then you obviously had Ronaldo and Dybala. Was there any kind of surprise uh, seeing those guys selected and kind of how, what were your thoughts before the game? Were you kind of excited? Were you excited to see those guys play? Um, concerned? Uh, your thoughts? I, I mean, no, I was, I was definitely excited because this is, That type of formation, uh, I really feel, is better suited to our players that we have. I don't think the three-back, you know, it's it's very much argued right now, but I don't think the three-back formation is what we have personnel-wise. So I was excited to finally see kind of a natural fit for some of these guys like Hulu and and Chiesa. I would have probably switched them, maybe have him on the right or uh, Chiesa on the right and and Hulu on the left. I think it's a little more natural for him, for them, but... Yeah, I mean, I was excited. I didn't. I don't feel like the formation stayed that way, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, we'll go through the game kind of 
just on certain situations. And yeah, I agree with that point that you made. It's, it's, it was, it was weird watching that game live and, and just seeing the attack, not really, you know, get involved for a large majority. I mean, uh, there's no re and again, there's, we'll get into the whole Dybala situation as one of the topics, but, um, really, Ronaldo or Dybala did not connect well with the midfield at all or mm-hmm. together. Um, Bentancourt and Rabiot, I thought, had a very average game. We're not dictating the play. We're just not on. Um, they weren't making the right passes. And it just leads into a whole bunch of stuff that we're going we're gonna to get into. But you look at the, the way the midfield was inexistent, and, and right there that's going to lose you in terms of transitioning from when you're you're getting attacked to going in atta- into attack. I just, I found that Pirlo needed to make some key decisions that he didn't, and maybe that's an experience we'll get into that. But uh, obviously going down 1-0 was really a piss-off, <laughs> as you guys will probably see in the video. But um, yeah, Torino was really doing whatever they wanted. I mean, they had multiple chances throughout uh, throughout the, the entirety of the first half and even the second and they were they were they were running at us with no pro with no hesitation um so what are your thoughts kind of on that goal that we conceded as well as kind of torino's play and were you surprised by, by us kind of not being able to handle their pressure in their counters yeah uh i mean going back to your point before um i feel like there was definitely a disconnect between the midfield and the attack, you know, with Rabio and uh, Betancur. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that translated because we got killed on the counterattack every single time. Uh, that's pretty much the uh, bottom line with the bottom line of this game. When it comes to that corner and Torino's first goal, you know, it just was, I mean, I understand, you know, you think you it won't go on the first touch, but I mean, I just think it was piss poor defending. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And we've been seeing that a lot and it, it just doesn't, it's, it seemed like, you know, you get the first touch there and then it goes to Ingu and it just seemed like everyone was like, like just, half asleep almost yeah. like, Oh, yeah. we're actually in a game right now. Like we actually have to defend, like yeah. ball is just not going to magically come to us like a magnet. Like, I, I don't know what else to say about that. And again, you look at the incident at the end of the Lazio game, again, everybody was half asleep. Lazy defending, lazy tackling, um, soft marking, and that's how you get goals scored on you at the end. So, again, we deserve that one coming down, but they had multiple chances. For sure. Um, and, again, referring back to the video, I mean, you'll see us freaking out over, like, you know, on counters where, it's, where I felt that Torino messed up a bunch of their counters mm-hmm. and that they could have, if, if it was a better team, more talented team, they would have burned us for two, oh. three goals. Yeah. You have Belotti with an insane, like, scissor or bicycle kick, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. If he puts that in, we're really in trouble. Um, but in terms of defensively, we're still wide open. Um, we, we we come off a game where, and, and Yubi's been doing this, I want to get your take on this, but it doesn't seem like we can string games together. Mm-hmm. Um I've been saying this, okay, we look good against, or we won against Kajidi 2-0. I wouldn't say it was an amazing game, but it was a positive game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously winning with a clean sheet. Then obviously you get the Dinamo Kiev game. 
where we looked pretty good, but Dino Kiev didn't seem very interested for the start. We can't, and then we come into this game. So I believe it was Cagliari, and then it was Ferenc Varos, which I thought was an awful game of just crossing the ball in. Pirlo not changing anything for the whole game and just mm-hmm. crossing, crossing, crossing. And, you know, then we get lucky enough that that uh, Morata scores the one cross that actually works out of 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't, like, why do, why do you think we're having such difficulty stringing games together? Is it just checking out or you think just def- we're getting lucky in these, and maybe these games were looking good uh, are not our good barometer to see how we're really, you know, playing. Like, what are your thoughts, uh, Dean? Well, I think it's been, it's been a curse of the past couple of years where we're yeah. the little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of thing where we have exactly. a good game. And then the next one, it's completely flipped on its head. Um, I did make a note for this game. Like we should have been down probably two nothing after 13 minutes because of Pelotti yeah. was a killer the whole game. Uh, and luckily for Delic, we, you know, we probably would have been down to nothing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I think we have a problem where we don't have the killer instinct. Um, I really, you know, we play down the competition. Yeah. And you kind of hit it on the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but you hit it on the head there, Dan, where it's, I, I don't like we made adjustments way too late. Yeah. Um, you have to take into account what's going on and, and you know, feel something out, but it, it, we just do it to ourselves. Yeah. And I, I guess obviously watching the La Panquina and obviously it gets edited, you know, from being, you know, two hours to 30 minutes. So, like during that first half, again, you mentioned the delict. Obviously, he saved our ass with that shoulder tackle, which was which was pretty big. Again, that would have been another breakaway that they would have gone in on and potentially scored. Uh, there was lots of that. But, yeah, I mean, we were – I like I was asking, a few of the guys were asking, like, why isn't – not necessarily, okay, if you don't want to start them because you want to keep them kind of fresh for the Barcelona game. We're thinking, is he hurt? Did he pick something up? Are they not telling us anything? And – I haven't really looked at the post-match, and uh, I'll do it for the uh, the next podcast that I have uh, with Daniel Lucci, but um, I'm not sure why it took so long to realize uh, even Bentancourt is not playing well at all. We have five subs. Mm-hmm. Why are we waiting till... Well, he played the whole game, but like, why are we waiting that long to keep him on? Because if there is a nagging injury, okay, that's that, that makes sense, but you know, even Kulusevsky, I just thought it wasn't his game. Like, I've really liked a lot of things that I've seen from Kulusevsky. Um, Al made a good point. He said he kind of, like, uh, his touch is, is hit and miss. Sometimes he's, you know, he's driving the ball. He can one-twos with Ronaldo and stuff like that. But then there's other times it's just it's bouncing off his foot. He's not putting the ball in the right spot. It's kind of a tale of two sides of, uh, you know, kind of Jekyll and Hyde with yeah. him sometimes. And it's unfortunate, but I, I still think he's got a lot to give and it's still kind of early with, with Kulusevsky to make yeah. judgments. But oh, yeah. knowing that and kind of seeing him, and then to bring on Ramsey, who I didn't think was that effective in the Kiev game. Right. Um, but since we had won that game 3-0, is it in Pirlo's head that, okay, maybe it worked, maybe he thinks it was working. So mm-hmm. that's why he brings him off a like for a like, you know, to put him in that that same position that he was uh, before. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts with kind of the the decision making? And obviously, you know, Kulusevsky's game I thought was was not great. 
yesterday. Yeah, uh, I I feel he I, he's he's still kind of a mystery because we play him in so so many different spots. Yeah, we don't have a set position for him, which is I think a problem for a lot of our guys. Yeah, that you know we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. I think he's also kind of I know he's young, but I feel like he's still kind of he has those moments where he's still growing into his body. Yeah, very. Very, I don't know. His his dribble is a little odd sometimes, but it works out for him. So, I think he's still trying to figure things out, which we all all trying trying uh, trying to do right now. But, yeah. Um, I I mean, just the way it was. I mean, especially I, with him, especially with him and DiBala too. Just to bring that up, I thought they did not connect well at all, especially him being on the right side. And you almost think maybe if Chiesa was on that side, maybe they would would have been. A little bit better, which we 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 saw for a little bit, but then they would rotate back. Like, I'll yeah. let you finish up, but we'll definitely get into the attack after this because I'm 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 starting to question what Pirlo is even trying to do. But go ahead. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, no, I, that's you definitely make some good points there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the kids all over the place. I feel like he's getting in other people's positions, and I feel like Paolo is still trying to figure stuff out because I saw him, you know, falling back and playing right mid at some points. So I'm like, yeah. He's definitely not that type of guy. Like you need to be in the middle near the attack. You need to funnel towards Ronaldo and stay there. But yeah. they're just everybody's getting into different spots. It's just not working out, and I it's I I feel it's still kind of a guessing game. Yeah, exactly. And like I like you brought up DiBala, and I think I think he was he's gotten a lot better from mm-hmm. from what we've seen. I think he made some good runs. Um, I think he was put putting the ball around and like not prevalently, but there was some situations where you saw, okay, he could, he just needs to break away. I remember one where he had the ball all by himself and he dished it off. I thought he yeah. should have just burst with some speed. So maybe he doesn't have that speed there quite yet. Yeah. Um, maybe he's just not fit enough, or maybe just not conf- not enough confidence to realize just, you know, direct play play with the ball direct and, and go at the defender. Um, also, you know, he had that one. That one shot that I thought he could have definitely scored uh, the cross from Ronaldo. Uh, I thought it was a save, but I believe it was the defender came in and blocked it. He was trying to put it, you know, far uh, going to the far post, which yeah. you can kind of understand. He's trying to guess where the goal is going to go instead of, no, he could put it near post. He could have. That's unfortunate that it doesn't go in. But again, it was a good chance. And that's what you want to see. You know, you want to see some improvements. Again, I'm not trying to say he had an amazing game. But there was some bright spots there. That's kind of what you want to see in a player who's trying to get back to to sure. some semblance of normal. Yeah. But yeah, again, so I thought the Kulusevsky and, and Dybala link-up was non-existent. I'm starting to think that this attack, and this is no slight on Ronaldo. I'm not going to, like, bash the guy. <coughs> Excuse me. But when we get into, like, this free role that it seems like everybody has. Yeah. Um... I just think it's a shambles up top. Like, to be honest, like, I know it works with Morata. The reason why I think that is, is because Morata knows to kind of stay in that kind of close role to where Ronaldo, like, he gets that link up a little bit better than it seems like everybody else does. In this game, it just seemed like everybody was everywhere and didn't know where the hell they were going. Yeah. Like, like you said, and when your midfield's not linking up, that's even makes it even worse to, you know, uh, finding guys and stuff like that. So I just thought, I think we got to kind of bring it back and go 
go into a, a, a somewhat of a structure because mm-hmm. it's and we'll see in the weekend we'll see or we'll see against Barcelona sorry um obviously Morata's probably going to be back be back in the lineup we'll see if this works we'll see if maybe it's just you know Dybala not getting you know Dybala plus whoever was on there just not having a bad day or if this is a, a lingering you know problem for the attack I mean I know we've scored but it it hasn't really been great um, no. the whole year. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you there. No, uh, no go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I, t- I totally agree with you. I think it's just it's been too fluid. Um, yeah. People are playing out of position. People are dropping back where they shouldn't be dropping back. People are playing forward like Rabio. Rabio yeah. was playing all the way up, all the way up the left side. Yeah. Uh, people, you need, I feel like there needs to be more structure, like you said, where people are sticking to their positions instead of roaming around. Yeah. It just makes more sense. Well, that's why I think Dybala is having such a problem because mm-hmm. now again, it's still I'm still not 100. percent I'm starting to lean more that he's getting asked to drop back, but yeah. I still think in his mind he's thinking, well, look, there's midfielders going up, fullbacks are up mm-hmm. on both sides. You have both mids going up whenever they want. Mm-hmm. There's no room really or space, so he's thinking, okay. I, one, the ball's not coming to me anyways because he'll kind of drift right sometimes and Kulusevsky will come up top, which I don't yeah. get how that makes any sense of a smaller guy kind of a wide. But So we weren't really going through the middle either. So he's thinking, okay, well, I got to come back. And then it, and then it just becomes a norm world where he just he's always coming back and he's so far away. Yeah. There was a few times where he did go up there, but it, it, it seemed to just resort to that same tactic, like you said where he drops back and that's never going to work, especially yeah. when you're not going through the middle. I mean, yeah, we kind of started doing it towards the end, but Torino was so tight at the back mm-hmm. and we hadn't really opened them up at all. Um, yeah. So really it was, it was useless what we were doing. So then we, again, we resorted to the crosses. And again, when a team's going to sit back for that long, pretty much the whole game, Yep. They're going to tire out. And, you know, those two goals that we scored happened because, you know, they, they forget to man mark. They let guys go in the box. And, and then eventually uh, eventually uh, we get the goal. So, again, it's more of an out-talent and out-tire the team than really a, a team win because we were looking good. Um, but we'll get into the kind of the, the crux of a big discussion on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, one... Quadrado and um, look, a lot of people were giving the guy praise. He obviously scored that one goal, which I thought should have stood. Yeah. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think that's a bullshit rule. Um, not in the sense that if you're actually obstructing the keeper to be to make sense, but you look at the you look at the, the back shot if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You have Sirigu on the left. You have Borucci on the right with, I can't remember which Torino defender I think it was, was there. Ansaldi. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's kind of marking him, but he's not in direct line of sight of, he can obviously see where the shooter is because he knows he's, he jumps to the right. It does, it one, okay, you can make an argument, sure, if it deflects off of uh, Borucci. That's one thing. But it doesn't touch Borucci, and I believe it touches the Torino defender slightly. Yeah. There's no obstruction there. I mean, yeah. that to me is a ridiculous call. Um, you're picking at you're picking at small things. It's like it's like the millimeter offside. Like, 
that's something that doesn't need to be called. Um, yeah. There's no reason. The ball didn't get deflected. There was no – he wasn't blocking his sight or anything like that. Yeah. Barely goes. I mean, that should have stood. But anyways, um, it is what it is. The call's made. Uh, but that would have been a nice goal from Quadrado. But mm-hmm. in this game, I just found like he was making the millions of millions of mistakes that we've seen either in the defensive half losing the ball or the offensive half losing the ball, making obviously some good crosses, some good runs, um, a lot of crosses that were making it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I pref- personally thought Chiesa had a better match. He was actually trying to drive. You try. Oh, yeah. You see. You was trying to drive at the. He was putting in some work. It almost reminded me of DiBala last season, um, when he would come on. He would really like put some energy in, and it would kind of raise the team up. So it reminded me of that, and I thought, okay, I I, can, I respect that, and I think um, uh, he should be the man of the match. A lot of people were saying Cuadrado. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dean, on him this season, um, but give us kind of your take on his match and kind of how you've seen him so far. Uh, I mean, I love Juan. Like, don't get me wrong, I really do. Uh, I mean, he really he works he works really hard. He, he works his hard, his hard out for us. I mean, just by you know, at the end of the day, he's not a right back. He's yeah. not, he's not a right back. I mean, and he's putting all those crosses in. I know we have attacking you know uh, attacking backs and everything, but, but this guy is not that type of player. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have his problems in defense. So. What do you expect? I mean, and yes, and Kiesa, I do agree with you. He fought his, you know, he fought very hard uh, the other day. And I think he definitely should have been consideration for man of the match if it wasn't for Tech or Delict. But um, yeah, Tech, yeah, we got to give him his due as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he made a lot of key saves again. Um, yeah. You know, you look at you look at the game against Kiev, bailed us out before the half there. I would say he bailed us a few times out this game as, as well. But yeah, back to Cuadrado. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think stats-wise, sure, you could say two big assists. Obviously, two crosses that led to two goals right. obviously makes a difference in the game. But I just think you can't, you know, if someone does 17 things wrong and then does two things good, you can't overlook the bad just because, exactly. you know, favorably the, the two things make the difference in the end of the day. And again, right. a win's a win, but... Uh, I've been kind of going back and forth with some fans. It's like, okay, sure, that's fine. You want to celebrate the win, you know, but we have to look at this in sequence with a bunch of other games to say we're just not there yet. Um, Because at the end of the day, it comes to the same things over and over again, whether it be last year, the year before, the year before that, where we out-talent and, you know, we outscale other teams. And we might, I mean, this year, maybe a little bit less. Now we haven't gotten as many... Uh, points as maybe past seasons but yeah because teams have you know cut the gap and have gotten a little bit better and more consistent but it's you have you have to be you got to look at it that's why i almost sometimes wish we lose games because there's no lessons when you win Mm -hmm. i mean at the end of the day the same story is oh well we won the game so who gives a shit you know that's what i hear all the time right but it's like yes but if you're not looking great and then you get go out and perform like you do against Lyon or you go perform against Ajax or you go perform against whoever, like that's why you get knocked out of tournaments because you're not fixing what the problems you have. Yeah, so, for sure. Again, I think Quadrado, based on stats, you'll probably give it to him as man of the match. I thought uh, Chiesa did really well the, the, the entire game. 
I thought the midfield was dead, like we said. But what do we need to see? Do you think Artur really needs to be back in the lineup? Um, kind of what's your preferred midfield going into this game against Barcelona? Um, I mean, I think he definitely should. Um, I mean, it should be him and probably Rabio. Um, I mean, I have my own personal feelings about the formation, and I don't, yeah. you know, I feel like it should be switched up completely, but that's for another day. Yeah, we'll get uh, into that later. Yeah, we can get into that later. <laughs> we got a question uh, about that, so yeah, we'll definitely yes, talk about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think he definitely should be in there. Um, yes, and uh, with Quadrado, you know, you're putting lipstick on a pig, you know, yeah. when it comes to Good when point. it comes to all the good stuff and bad stuff, but yeah, things get glazed over as uh, for a win. I think, yeah, I think our turn needs to be back in. I think, you know, you have to keep Kiesa out wide. I agree. I would, I would say keep keep the ball of center, center as much as possible, but who knows how people are going to move around. Yeah, that's that, that's the thing. I don't know. It's almost like, uh, yeah, it's a it's a. It's just a clusterfuck up there. Yeah, that's that's putting it nicely. Um, yeah, and you, you just you think I think I think Artur would have been really nice in that game, especially because I find he he, he is direct compared yeah. to uh, the past. I know in a in a past episode we've talked about uh, you know would Pjanic have done the same thing uh, mm. under Pirlo? And I just think I think Pjanic's legs were kind of gone. Um, yeah. And it's just that's kind of the reason why he wasn't moving as as, as obviously Sadi was, you know, and it was new tactics and there's a whole bunch of reasons, you know, you could you could come up with that. But I just think he's the players kind of was gone from what we had seen in the past. Yeah. And you can't really base what we saw at the beginning of his career with Juve uh, towards the end. It's just two different two different players, and it's unfortunate. But um, we've obviously moved on, and I think we've moved in the right direction. But yeah, it would have been nice even for 30 minutes just to kind of see a, a little bit more direct. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Again, with the midfield, it's 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 almost, you know, you see McKenney do it sometimes when he's on there. You see Ramsey, you see, like you said, Rabio, mm-hmm. Bentancourt. Is this tactically, you think, what Pirlo's asking? Or do you think they're doing it on their own? Or do you think again it's just because of the fluidity of the of the squad just being able to, hey, kind of do what you want up top. I would hope it's not the players doing it on their own. I, I have a feeling it's some of the coaches yeah. getting in the ear telling them, you know, hey, press a little more, drop back. Uh, I don't think they'd be doing this personally. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's just the problem with the formation and things aren't clicking and stuff like yeah. that. So people are out of position. Yeah, and we'll get into this next topic. Obviously, Pirlo's mm-hmm. lack of experience um, – yeah. Is it really seeping through? And we go into this game where, you know, again, we're coming off a positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really going our way in the first half, but you don't see really any changes or kind of... Uh, and, and a topic we discussed on the podcast or on the La Panquita, on the live, uh, live uh, video, uh, was, is he being too friendly? Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing, is he giving too much of a leash to the players because as himself, he was a player and he might have, you know, in a sense, when you're not doing well, you'd almost hope that your coach gives you a little bit more of a leeway to kind of go out and prove yourself. So do you sure. think because of that player mentality, uh, he's not kind of being tough and saying, you know what, this isn't working. Let's get someone else on there uh, and see if we can change some things up. Uh, or do you think 
maybe he's just he, he thinks we're not doing as bad as, as 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 the fans kind of are seeing. I I think he's I think it's a little bit of both. To be honest with you, I when listening when watching the uh, the broadcast on ESPN, actually one of the commenters made a good good point. He could be still in that player mode where it's like, I don't want to pull this guy off because I know he you know doesn't want to come off. He still feels yeah. like he has a little bit more to give. Uh, and I understand that being a, being a player and I'm still kind of in that mindset, but you have to know when to switch things up. We didn't, we didn't get adjustments until the 75th minute, you yeah. know, and that's way too late. Uh, exactly. So I feel like he's still a little bit in his feelings maybe, but it, I mean, I'll, I'll chalk that, chalk that up to being new. Um, but you have to make you, when you're the manager, you have to make the hard decisions. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's been a whole, there's been a whole uh, bunch of opportunities where we've seen this. And, you know, like I said, the Fedding Vados game sticks out in my mind, the second one at least. Um, and I think uh, really it's coming down to, you know, changing at 60, changing as being way too predictable. Yeah. You know, you have to set the tone. You have to be in the almost say in the, in the other coach's head and kind of making decisions before uh, he reacts so that he has to react to them. And yeah, it just doesn't seem like we're there. I mean, we make, I believe it was the 57th minute or 59th where Ramsey came in. And I still don't think that was really anything that, that changed much. Um, because again, it kind of put us in that same possible, you know, Kulusevsky goes off, but uh, it still didn't feel anything different than, than how we were playing. And then, yeah, again, again like you said, 75th. So, I think there's a lot of learning that still needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't even still happy with McKenney coming on and Sandro coming on because it, it, it almost felt like we didn't need to put those guys in. And like, especially Sandro to come in um, and to keep Quadrado on. I know he provides the, the assist, but um, the guy was rested for a reason. He, he didn't start for a reason. And I was actually quite pleased to not see him start because in past seasons, we've like run the guy into the ground, yeah, and played him like for twenty games straight, and then wondered why he picks up an injury at, yeah. at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. um, so that was nice, but then to see him come on, I was like, okay, well, this is a little too late. And again, we got lucky in Torino, kind of being gassed out and and sitting back for a whole game. Which you no, know, you even look at Zaza when he came off, he was kind of frustrated. Yeah. That he was getting taken off, almost like they were they were admitting uh, that they were going to concede for, or that they were going to, you know, sit back uh, for the rest of the game. Sure. And yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. I I, I see now we're already in the the rumblings of who's going to be out with uh, with Barcelona uh, in the midweek. I think a lot of their players are going to be uh, not in the lineup, like uh, Fatih's going to be out and. Sergio Roberto, I think, will be out as well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of fans are getting that motivation, and I'm like, well, don't get don't get your hopes up too much uh, because we've seen this in the past where we came into that first game, oh, they got PK, they got this guy out, that guy out, yep. and then we go in and we laid it uh, an absolute egg, mm -hmm. and it's just unacceptable, uh, especially you know you look at the big names that are lining up. You even look at Atletico Madrid now, I believe they're like five in a row, uh, five games at least undefeated in, in La Liga. Uh, but some of the other teams you could potentially come up against, 
uh, in the next round are pretty pretty big teams if you get in oh. that second spot. And I believe it was we need to put in uh, we need obviously to win uh, by two plus goals. Um, so it's still a possibility. Let's not say it isn't. But they need to come out in the right mindset. Um, yeah. You're not going to win this game uh, just because you think the other team is is, is in a bad spot. Uh, right. Obviously, Barcelona losing to Cadiz 2-1 on, the, on, on yesterday, exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens. Um, what are your hopes for them for this midweek? I mean, yeah, like you said, I, it's, I hope it's not a, you know, we're riding, we can ride a high right now and maybe help us out, but... I would like to see some consistency from game to game, or at least yeah. um, I, I'm a little doubtful. I mean, because I just I, we have talent, obviously, but like when it comes to certain depth and uh, stuff like that, I don't feel like we can compete with some of these bigger teams and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll just we'll take it what it is. Maybe, like I said, we can ride the high and, and keep it going, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially with being the, the wins that we've gotten. I mean, hopefully. Let's 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 really hope that, uh, that we can, like you said, ride it, and uh, it'll yeah. be big because Ronaldo will obviously be playing, yes, uh, Messi will also be playing, mm -hmm. so it's it's gonna be a big night, um, big game, and again, let's hope for the, hope for the best, yeah. and um, let's get into some fan questions. So sure. obviously, Mason drops. Are we gonna be able to keep a clean sheet? I think that's been obviously for the – this was supposed to be for the Torino game. But I think just in general, we've been touching on it pretty well. I think defensively, we've been pretty bleak mm -hmm. uh, and not compact enough. Again, that that includes not enough help from the fullbacks, uh, barring Alexander not being in the lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was really nice when you saw Danilo and, and – or when you saw Chiesa and Alexandro there both on each side yeah. uh, with Danilo in there as well. Uh, being your right back once you kind of go in a 4-4-2 in without possession. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was really nice to see. But again, I think um, uh, we were joking about it on La Panquina and Albert's making fun of everybody's picking a clean sheet as your prediction. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's true, though. I mean, defensively, we're not getting enough support. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help when their midfielders are going up that advanced into the, into the final third. Yep. And then not having the, the football IQ to know when they have to come back and help out. And teams mm -hmm. can just overrun you. I mean, yep. five against three, five against two. Um, once they get on their horse, you know, if you're not getting back there, you're in a, you're going to be in a vulnerable situation. So yeah. Um, yeah. what are your thoughts about, you know, shoring up? Uh, he also asked a question, and again, this could tie into what you might want to say, but Mason, obviously, of like the Senora blog, he's doing bits, guys. Check out his blog post. Uh, he's doing really well. Uh, and he's just posted a big interview with uh, the head of the Juventus Boston Academy. So uh, I read it. It was, a, it was a really interesting article to read. And I hope you guys check it out. Show the love. Um, because Mason's going to be a mainstay kind of uh, in the Juventinita mm -hmm. circle, the universe. So, um, yeah, guys, check him out. But he also said, thoughts on the expected formation change. Too much rotation, good experimentation. And we'll tie this in also with Luis's question at Crazy Lou. And I had to throw this in from another. I completely missed it on, it was on my personal that it was uh, tagged to. Mm -hmm. What is our best lineup, formation and personnel 
not sure Pirlo knows yet. So kind of thinking about clean sheet, expected formation changes, too much rotation, good experimentation, and best lineup. Kind of let's tie that together, uh, Dean, on uh, what we think that all means in the grand scheme of Juve. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't trust this team to keep a clean sheet right now. Uh, yeah, true. I really, I really don't want just to be just to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we we get overmatched uh, five on twos, five on threes, or the only, it could even be one on one. The only yeah. person who I trust on a one on one situation probably right now is the Lake. Um, and uh, yeah, nobody's backtracking. Um, I think that's why one of the benefits of having a four back system, you can have the fullbacks there for coverage, especially on the on the wings. Um, and I guess just to tell you my personal uh, preference, I really would probably look into like a four two three one or yeah, possibly even a four four or a four three three. Um, it's, I mean, I just feel you get better coverage that way. Um, yeah. And to plug the personnel in, I mean, obviously, Chiellini's hurt. Um, so it'd probably be Benucci and Delict in the back. Um, I, I hate to put, I hate to put them out there, but I, I probably would put Quadrado in the back in the right and Sandra, Sandra Vizelvi in the left. Okay. Um, and then I honestly feel like, you know, keep Rab. I feel I, I think Rabio is our best defensive minded midfielder. Um, yeah. Maybe help keep him in the back unless you want to put McKenney back there. And then, you know, let Arthur be the connection between the, the back and the front. Um, if we want to, if we want to go with Kulu or Kiesa on the, on the wings, and then obviously Ronaldo should be the, the guy up front. Um, I personally would just like to see Dybala be that attacking mid possibly, yeah. or even like that false nine. Just, yeah. I feel like that's just the best position for him. So sorry for the whole, whole, whole uh, team sheet there, but uh, no, no, no worries. That's what I you like to like, hear. Yeah. I just feel like that's <laughs> just the, with what the personnel we have, it just makes the most sense to get the most out of this team. Yeah. And so, I would, I would almost even put, you could put Danilo there on the right back instead of yes. Lozado and then, yeah. Like I said, then you have options up top. I don't want to get into specifics because, yeah. you know, you don't know who's injured, who's not. And right. again, they're going to, so your top three, I mean, you could do a whole bunch of things. You could put Morata up top, you could put uh, Ronaldo on the left, Dybala behind, and then have either Chiesa, Kuluzeski, Bernardeski in any of those roles. I think you could kind of rotate even Podrado uh, yeah. as those four. Yeah. And then again, it depends on what you want to do and who you have for your two behind. So you can get McKenny in there where his role is not going to be to push up and like make runs like we've seen him do. It's to win the ball back and kind of, yeah. you know, make key tackles and be a workhorse. And then you obviously have your, your Artur who he can give hit Artur the ball and then he can distribute it properly. Right. And then you're solid enough. Even if you do have Bonucci in the back that you have Alexander there, who's defensively smart enough. Danilo has been really good defensively as well, but also you've seen him attack. And you've yep. seen actually Alexandro make even just in that one game um, some really good strides in the offensive half. Right. I th I think yeah I agree I think that suits us way better. Also to give us a little bit more in the midfield you could put the three four three three where yep. you put three midfielders again it could be Arthur in the middle and maybe I mean whoever if you want to put Benton or if you want to put McKenny you want to put um, Rabiot. 
And then up top, again, you can do a false nine with Dybala, Ronaldo on the left. And again, your choice, right? There's, right. We have the option. So it's not like you have to say, this is your starting. But yeah, no, I've definitely been, I've been harping on the 4 2 3 one just because we haven't seen it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I definitely like to go to. I think, again, Pirlo's a little naive in, in certain situations on who he puts on. Maybe he rides thing, he rides the wave a little bit because he knows it's worked. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to inexperience because, again, it's not always going to work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the unfortunate yeah. part. Like, sure, yeah. it's worked for the past three games, but teams have been, you know, a little bit loose in the in in their pressing, and they've been a little bit, you know, a little bit more compact. So uh, maybe they're not as attacking a, a, as some other teams or pressing as some other teams. Yeah. So again, it's not going to work in all situations. That's where the coach is, obviously has to be adaptable. Right, for sure. Where we gave Sadi a lot of heck because it seemed like he was a one-track mind and he just kind of tunnel vision the whole season and in in a formation that I, I definitely think works with the four three three, but there were certain situations where it didn't look good, but he didn't have the wherewithal to be like, Okay, well we're gonna change it up a little bit now. So kind of where in the prime Allegri days where he'd be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I find towards the end of Allegri, it wasn't as good as what we thought it was going to be. But in his his first three seasons, I would say definitely would it would be able to change the formation no problem, bring in yeah. certain players that would make the difference, and that's kind of what we've been lacking mm-hmm. uh, over the past two seasons. Um, let's see what happens. Um, yeah, Demidal obviously is going to be out again, mm-hmm. injury bug. I don't know what's up with this club, but we seem to be. You've seen a couple situations in this game that scared the crap out of me with Delict yeah. and even um, you know a couple other players. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's we rush guys back too much. I find we do, uh, yeah. and everybody's quick to criticize Chiellini, but they also don't realize that he was already hurt, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden seemed to be like, oh, now we're gonna put him back in when he really wasn't in the squad, right? And now he's hurt again. Obviously, Demidal picks up another injury, which you saw in the in in the match against uh, Kiev. Obviously, he came off, and we had to give the young uh, young Dragusin some time, which, which was nice to see. But uh, yeah. it's unfortunate that we lose a player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to see him in, in those circumstances. No, <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, I think we'll wrap up here, obviously, with a great. Uh, story moment uh, memorable moment that we usually like to wrap up when we have new guests um i don't think we've heard too many of these this year because we've had a lot of uh, repeat guests but it's nice to have a new face on the podcast sure. and uh yeah we'll leave the floor uh, to you before we kind of wrap up towards the end yeah um i mean like, like i said in my short time as, as being a uva supporter uh i you know there are some some good memories that stick out um I haven't unfortunately been to the stadium or seen the match live yet, uh, but I definitely plan on it. Um, haven't been to Italy yet. COVID. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Everybody uh, wants to get back, but hey, it's, exactly. It's I, I do. I do plan on making a trip to Italy at some point. Uh, hopefully, very soon, sooner rather than later. Anyway, um, the a major moment for me. Uh, I remember watching. This is probably like 2012 or 13, right? The very start of this, you know, ninth nine run that we're doing. Yeah. Watching, you know, being very fresh into this into the football type of culture, and watching Juve lift the trophy, the Serie A trophy, you know, first time in my kind of my fandom. I just remember sitting in my room watching it on uh, 
some channel I've never even heard before. Like I didn't even think I got it on my cable provider. Um, and then, yeah, just watching the, them lift the trophy, watching the confetti come down, watching all the players uh, celebrating. It's something that sticks with me, sticks with me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it always, it always is because I find every moment that Juve's had a celebration, mm-hmm. something, you know, like the first season, so 11 12, um, coverage is sparse in Canada. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for being a developed country, you, and maybe this again, if you want to blame it on, you know, Serie A or you want to blame it on, mm-hmm. on Canada or whatever, but the coverage was just always horrible. Um, and it was the last year of this specific chat before they were bought out by a big one of the big uh sports networks in Canada. Mm-hmm um that they had the coverage so mm-hmm. next year they didn't have the coverage i believe it what we had to go like stream everything again mm-hmm. or it was on rye one of the two um right. which would always have it but they have like literally 1984 144p uh, uh cameras or something right. i don't know yeah. what, the, what the hell they were filming on but right. yeah just horrid um so yeah that sticks out to again kind of a similar situation because they actually showed us um, you know, with Del Piero coming off and like they actually showed the title, which you would yeah. never usually see ever. Um, yeah. You'd have to like somehow go on a computer and like see, okay, is can you find a stream of like, uh, you know, Sky Sports Italia or um, whatever, uh, whoever's got it. Uh, so there's been weird things. Obviously, you guys had a couple where they've showed the parades and stuff like that. I've been to one live where we've had the trophy ceremony which nice. is incredible. Um, yeah. Pain in the ass to get those tickets, but I won't yeah. rehash that again. But yeah. um, literally was phenomenal. Fans rushing the stadium. So I get what you mean about, you know, the confetti coming down. And I mean, I wish everybody could experience that live or, you know, at least you know, on TV. It's, it's, it's awesome. Again, no one got to experience this one because it was, again, COVID. And right. so many, so many fans I talked to, uh, are saying, you know, I wanted to go. I really wanted to go. I had tickets booked. Um, it was my anniversary. It was this, that, and the other thing. I was going to go for the first time. It was so perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we get hit with this shit storm of COVID and yeah, how we can't go. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't know when we're going to get back. There's a lot of good opportunities. Even the Nations League is going to be happening in, 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 in Torino and in, in Milano. So who knows? Maybe I'll get out there. I'd love to see some of you guys. Uh, that would be yep. uh, unbelievable. I'd love to do content out there. But um, yep. great moment. Uh, I don't know if you want to comment any more, uh, Dean, on on that. Uh, just some final words and uh, maybe some fighting words for the game next week. Yeah. I again. I you know. I, I appreciate all your time, Dan. Um, uh, I appreciate you having me on and everything. And it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I, I really do enjoy these type of things. I like meeting, you know, I've met so many people over just even Twitter uh, through the uh, Juventus uh, kind of yeah. supporter universe and everything like that. Um, a lot of great people. And it would be nice to see, you know, meet, put some faces to some Twitter handles and everything like that. Um, hopefully I can get to a game at some point uh, down yeah, the road sure. when everything uh, kind of clears up. And hey, let's ride this wave, man. Uh Let's let's keep the high high times going and to Wednesday and hopefully we can maybe shock some people and yeah for sure gain some points and we can maybe uh, get something clicking by the new year. Yeah, exactly. And it's been unfortunate too with uh, you know no summer tournaments either because that's where a lot of the North American fans probably would 
have a really good chance of meeting, right? Either yeah. being in Boston or New York or Miami, LA, whatever, wherever, yeah. sometimes in Canada, but oh, yeah, yeah. we don't even get those either. So, uh, yeah. with all this, yeah. but yeah. you're a Bruins fan, by the way, right? I am. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. That's why he was on the show. That's why we brought him on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know we get, oh, some people some, uh, we get some people some shit sometimes. So yeah, I know, man. I love the, the, that team. Uh, I got to make it out there too. Like uh, yeah. I've been telling, you know, the Joes, the even even Rose and Rose, some yeah. of the uh, some of the other fans on the on the East Coast. So like I got to yeah. make it over there because uh, really all started with my dad, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they were living in Yonkers, gotcha. and um, kind of you know all of the brothers kind of found a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather, who's unfortunately passed away, but he was a Bruins fan. Same with my dad, and it's kind of passed on to me now too. So, sure. um, but yeah, and all those new jerseys they brought up is sick. Yes, they are. I do enjoy them. And uh, yeah, we, my, my wife and I, we went, uh, went to Boston last year for our honeymoon. Oh, uh, nice. And we went to TD Garden, stuff like that. Unfortunately, didn't get to see the game because it wasn't season yet, but just being there is kind of cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Great and, city, uh, I've heard. Great city. It's, it was a beautiful city. I, I love to, I go back anytime. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I catch a flack from it from my friends because uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I am originally, I'm from New Jersey myself personally. Okay. Uh, so I could have been a Devils fan. Uh, yeah. I also now living in Pennsylvania, I could be either a Pens fan or a Flyers, Flyers. fan. Uh, my, my wife is a big New England sports fan. So we kind of chose hockey together and we settled on the Bruins. So it's a little special connection that way. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, it was sort of obviously with the Bruins and then I started, you know, as some of the teams, you know, the Patriots went through their run and uh, – and uh, they, you know, then the Red Sox had come back, had one for so long. So I kind of jumped on a lot of those, uh, those bandwagons. For me, it was usually always hockey, but you know, yeah. it was it was nice to see. And then, uh, unfortunately, not this year for the Patriots. But uh, are you closer to are you closer to Philly or are you closer to Pittsburgh? We're technically we're closer to Pittsburgh because uh, we're literally smack dab in the middle of geographical center of Pennsylvania. <laughs> um so, but we're two and a half hours from pittsburgh and three from philly oh shit so yeah, yeah you are so you, you are perfectly in the, yeah they, they, planned that, they planned that out pretty well uh, well it's, it's funny how they you know getting on kind of a side note guys I mean, you can tune out i guess if you don't want but yeah, yeah. um it's weird where college towns are displaced mm-hmm. um yeah. like for us in canada majority of them are in your major cities right like you know your new calgary ubc which is just a little ways out of vancouver U of T and then obviously we do have you know smaller towns that have universities uh in Canada but majority they're in the cities right so then when you think about you know unless you're going to USC which is in LA or UCLA or um uh, what's another big city you know your Boston College or you yeah uh University of Boston stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know to the texas and the you know ohio, ohio state and yep. all of it and even you know some of the schools in michigan you know ann arbor is not uh it's, it's not a you know it's, it's a big town but it's not your detroit's or your oh, yeah. you know they probably grow overnight when the fans come up. but it was always interesting to see where these you know where certain towns are placed and again uh yep. going to penn state i always wondered uh always wondered uh yeah where the hell it is but yeah mid yeah. right middle of the, the state that's pretty cool but, yeah they they planned it out pretty well i guess because it's supposed to be the state university so they want to put it right in the middle of the state so um, everyone can go yeah 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're not really missing much here besides uh, we got tons of mountains and tons of farms. So there you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm a, I love college football. I'm an SC fan. Um, mm-hmm. When I kind of picked up college football, we, uh, we were kicking ass and then yeah, NCAA uh, slapped our hands for doing what everyone else does. So just, just a little bit. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much the death penalty. Almost, almost there. They might. They, I'm sure surprised they didn't go that route. But um, yeah, well, uh, my school knows knows a little something about being close to the death penalty. So well, unfortunately, it is what it is. I mean, is shit. Hot, lots of lots of bad things happen at these schools, and you know who gets caught and who doesn't get caught is one thing, but. I know we played a pretty big game. I know we got the upper hand in the Rose Bowl, which was um, an incredible game with Saquon Barkley and stuff like that. And um, all the game. Yeah, I, I was shocked that we actually hung in there. And um, yeah, like that's the first big trophy in like 15 years, well, probably. Yeah, 15 years almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was it was fun, but um, oh yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was good to have you on, Dean. I appreciate yeah. it, and uh, we'll keep in touch. We'll yeah, get you sure. on the schedule somewhere down the road. And, um, yeah, guys, uh, thank you for all the sports. You guys know where to follow us. Obviously, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. What else? we got Podbean, a whole bunch of others. Uh, and, again, yeah. I always say let me know if you need anything else, whether that be uh, Stitcher or uh, I think we got TuneIn. I think we even got Amazon if you want. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got it pretty much 99% covered for you guys. I think live streams, I've finally figured out how to use the stream yard without my computer like collapsing yeah um so we're probably gonna get some live streams going um yes. i've kind of had an idea in my head of what i wanted to do um it's gonna be a little different from the normal it's not gonna be during games or maybe we'll get during games eventually but uh, sure. as of right now i think we're gonna have a, a saturday night kind of talk with with with, with everybody so nice. let's see um not necessarily in the near future, but I got to think about it. I got to plan it and we got to get some nice logos. Like, uh, Nilesh has been, uh, balling with the, uh, cafe. I love what he did for that logo. So looks great. I gotta, I gotta figure something out and, uh, we'll get it all together. But again, guys, stay tuned. We're going to have obviously Barca preview, some other fans talking about this game and, and just Juve in general. So thank you for all the support. Drop a sub, drop a like a rating, all of that good jazz. If you can, it really helps me out. And we'll see you next time. Fino la fine, Forza Juventus. Ciao, guys.